Welcome to another episode of the Replant Bootcamp Podcast, the Boots on the Ground podcast for replanters by replanters with your host, Bob Bickford and Jimbo Stewart. Here in the trenches with you doing the gritty and glorious work of replanting dying churches. This podcast is sponsored by 180 Digital, the church website and branding partner you need to help move your church forward. All right, Bob, here we are in yet one more quarantined episode coronavirus edition because everything is coronavirus edition right now. Coronavirus is like when you go to Waffle House and you enjoy your meal, but then you walk out of Waffle House and everything smells like Waffle House for the rest (laughs) of the day. I feel like there's this pervasiveness, a ubiquitousness to Mm. coronavirus that's just, it's going everywhere. And I think everybody's confused. Everybody's frustrated. Everybody's tired. You know, we were told by some people like four weeks ago that don't buy a mask, don't wear a mask. You're an idiot if you wear a mask. Now we're told if you don't wear a mask, you're an idiot and you hate everyone. Absolutely. I think we're all exhausted. And and one of the things that's been helpful for me is just to kind of turn off all the news reports and read summaries at the maybe a midweek summary and an end of week summary, because I'm, I'm confident enough if something if very important and life changing and reality shaking happens, I'll get notified somehow. Right. Yeah. But you're right. I think everybody's kind of, you know, it's run into this issue or run into that issue. And, and I think everybody's got fatigue. But I think also people are concerned about it as well. So, I mean, there's there's that. I think there are sides of fear and then there's frustration and fatigue just to make it three Fs and go fully alliterated Southern Baptist <laughs> on you. Yes. What have been some highlights? What have been some things that have been positive? Two things to kind of stand out. The activation of the body in ministry to do ministry. So we, we film our weekend services on Thursday nights and then edit them on Friday, upload them. And one of the guys that is a, like a team teacher with me, he's been coming and helping us and is super excited just to help. And is like, man, this has been, he said, Thursday nights are my highlight. So he's like, you know, helping us run PowerPoint, doing camera stuff, and, you know, also teaching, which has been fantastic. We've seen some people step up and process stuff online for us in terms of our financial ministries. Here's a really cool thing. One of our, um, one of our families, They've started an online group with their family who are not believers and they're watching sermons and Bible studies and then they're processing that together. And so that is really cool. One of our entrepreneurial guys, I mean, you could just drop him in a desert and he could figure out a business to make money. But he, his dad is an ER physician and he was troubled by the fact that his dad didn't have any uh, personal protection equipment. And so he just started making some phone calls and found the materials and found a guy who's going to shut his business down and they partnered together and he's produced, I think over 500,000 masks. Wow. And is excited. He's given our church a bunch of masks. It's just really cool to see. And I had, had an opportunity to talk to him and just say, Hey man, um, God's really gifted you uh, with figuring out stuff. And you, you've played a very important role in addressing some of the practical needs here. And he was just, you know, he was thankful for that. So uh, those are some of my highlights, I think. Yeah, we've had some good moments. So we've had one 
one of our members turned 90 during all of this and one this week turned 80. So we've gotten to do the old, you know, drive by, pull up in the front yard, everybody stand 10 feet apart, sing happy birthday. And those were like mini fellowships uh, that were really sweet to be able to just see people in person from a distance. Uh, our senior adult ladies class orders the missions mosaic uh, magazine and it came in and they would normally get that in their Sunday school class. And so me and my family are going to drive around this week and hand deliver each of those to each of those houses and keep our distance, but be able to stand 10 feet from the door and just talk to them and, and be with them. And I, I love those moments. I enjoy those. Uh, I made a commitment, uh, not knowing how long this thing was going to last to get on Facebook live at seven o'clock every morning. And I know, man. I see you. <laughs> I, I, when I when I made that commitment, I thought this was going to be like two weeks, and <laughs> and so I said I'm going to do this every morning at seven o'clock. I'm going to get on, have a cup of coffee, and just use that coffee mug, a different coffee mug, to create a illustration and go into the Word of God for encouragement. Just a five ten minute thing, and <laughs> man, I, I've been, I've stayed with it. But it's been crazy because I've run out of coffee mugs. People, people sending you coffee mugs? Yes, people have been <laughs> shipping me coffee mugs. And so it's great because people keep sending me these coffee mugs. And what's been really cool, though, is it has allowed me to connect with the, the original intent was really just my members. And several of our members, especially some shut-ins and some senior adults that have Facebook, have faithfully come on every every single morning and and been able to converse with them. But it's connected me with a lot of people from different spheres of influence of my life that either I haven't heard from in a very long time or have fallen away from the faith and have been away from church for a very long time or don't even know the Lord at all. Uh, there's a guy that came on that I, I don't have time to tell the whole story. Just know I, I did a lot of dumb things that could have ended up with me serving time with this guy a, a, long, a long time, like a long time ago, right? Like, like when I was like in 10th grade and oh my, uh, my gosh and this guy showed up on on there the other day and commented and I looked at his Facebook feed and he's a believer now and and I'm just like man look at the grace of God at work <laughs> if they'd ever thought the two of us would be on Facebook talking about the Lord and, and just seeing God it's, it's been a really neat thing to see that happen as well I think we're all struggling to process all of this mentally it's like a weird it's a weird thing that I don't know that we know how to process it. Bob, I'm such a relationally driven person uh, that, you know, we all have kind of a relational bank account. I'm sure you've heard that before. And I, I'm just not getting a lot of opportunities to get those deposits right in my bank account of like getting to actually spend relational time with people. And I found it has affected everything in my life. It's affected my preaching. It's affected, I get so much energy from spending time really with people uh, that I've found myself with far less energy. Uh, my wife even told me I wasn't using as many sermon illustrations. Uh, like it's just, it's impacted everything. Mm-hmm. So how, how are you processing all of this mentally? Yeah, you know, it, sometimes I wake up and feel like I'm in one of those dystopian movies that uh, something's happened and you're walking the streets and like everybody's gone except you. Right. And <laughs> one of the, so one of the things is for me is that I, we, we had a, uh, some churches in our area at the beginning of this quarantine shelter in place crisis deal. Um, some guy knew that churches were not 
populated. And so he was just going around ripping churches off. And like, mm -hmm. it was, you know, it was great to break in and, you know, you, people break into your church for hand sanitizer here in, <laughs> here, here in Missouri, they like steal computers and sound equipment and, you know, that sort of thing. So yeah. part of my routine is to check the church in the, in the morning uh, before I get, you know, get up, get ready, run to the church, walk through, um, you know, pray for the people, kind of walk through the sanctuary and think about where people usually sit. And, you know, it's just a way for me to connect with them mentally and, and kind of spiritually and then um, check it at the end of the day. But, but it's often when I'm doing that, when I'm driving and particularly when the weather has been bad here, nobody's out. Yeah. There are no cars. And so I think that for me, it just it reinforces that this is a really weird time and things are going to change uh, as we move forward and, and life is going to be different. But also I think just the patterns of my life were so built around worshiping and gathering with our community yeah. that sun, my weekends feel really weird now. Yeah. And, and it's really hard for me, I think to, um, so I, I go in moments of, um, of great sadness, like right before we, we fit, as I'm writing the sermon and as I'm thinking about people that aren't present, I get sad, yeah. record the sermon, hang out with our worship leader and our, our other team teacher that's been good because we encourage one another. So I kind of come in with it, come off of a high on Thursday nights, but then the rest of the weekend, it's like, okay, well, I've, we're kind of done. Right. And yeah. what do we do? So I, I think that's been the hard part for me is just the change in the patterns uh, yeah. of life. And so I, I find myself encouraged and discouraged and uh, kind of a, if you're to look at an EKG, you know, there's peaks and valleys. Yeah. And so I think there's a lot of peaks and valleys for me and probably for other people too. Yeah. I think, I think we've got to be honest about the fact that this is affecting all of us mentally. Like we can't pretend uh, that it's not, I think we've got to own that. We've got to, and we've got to be doing self care um, and figure out, you know, is that exercise? Is that, uh, you know, whatever that is for me, it's been, it's been more exercise. I've been out on my bike more, um, and, and jogging and it's been, uh, playing with my new forerunner, uh, out in the woods and taking my family out there with me. Um, and those sorts of things. But I think there have to be healthy outlets. Um, I think the easy outlets are things, you know, binging Netflix or things like that, but I don't know that those are really that, that healthy to have be as a consistent outlet. And so what are some outlets that you've used just to kind of keep yourself mentally healthy, spiritually healthy during this? Yeah. So daily walks, you know, important, uh, um, getting out in the sunshine. And uh, I think too, one, one of my hobbies is working with my hands, doing woodwork. And so I've, I've built a few things and, and done some projects and that's been really helpful. And then I think just, um, you know, Paul says, pray without ceasing. That's kind of one of the things I do during the day is just little short prayers all through the day. Yeah. Uh, and just pausing, especially when I think about people or just think about whatever it is that I'm challenging. So uh, being challenged with, um, I think too, you know, Clifton was, uh, Mark Clifton, the leader of the replant team, uh, was talking about lamenting and just this idea of personal lamenting, being sad and, and being okay. And, uh, we're, we're getting ready to preach a sermon series uh, called In Uncertain Times and reading a book right now uh, by Philip Yancey. It's an old book, but it's called Where's God When It Hurts? 
Yeah. And um, one of the things that that's important uh, in that book is just to recognize that the pain we feel points us to the realities that are going on inside of us. And it helps us connect with, with what God's doing yeah. and how God's working. And so I've been spending a lot of time in, in the scriptures and passages like James one and talking about, you know, rejoicing in the midst of trials, knowing that God's working inside of us yeah. to perfect us. And so in a large way, um, we just have to think, I think, how's God refining us as people and how is he refining us as the church? And so I think a lot of the things that have been super important to us that we're not able to do and be distracted by are now fading away into the background and the, the things that are important are coming to the forefront. So I think we're walking through a valley. Um, we're being refined. But I, I think on the other side, if we don't run from God and we rest in him, I think we're going to find on the other side, this will have been a painful process, but it will have been a It'll have been one that has matured us in our, our relationship with God and our relationships with each other. Because I, I think we, me personally, we, I depend on busyness and, and achievement and activity to kind of anesthetize myself to, you know, maybe some deeper things that are going on in my life. So yeah, yeah. Um, I, that's what I'm wrestling with and, and just how I'm, you know, coping. Uh, yeah. yeah, we're preaching through uh, the book of James as well right now. Just started it. It was really cool for us as we had lined that out last year, set out the whole sermon schedule for this year. And uh, as I was be- beginning to study the providence, the occasion of James and seeing what he was doing, what, who he was writing it to and why he was writing it to them, I've been so excited and thought I couldn't think of a better text to start preaching right now as James is writing to dispersed believers who um, are struggling with being in kind of a new culture and a new place and not being able to be back in Jerusalem where they normally gather for worship. And I was thought, man, it's just phenomenally relatable. Obviously, they're dealing with much more intense persecution and issues than just having to stay home. Uh, yeah. But still, there's a lot for us to relate to. And so I just finished James 1, 2 through 4 for this past week. And, uh, man, I've I've really enjoyed diving deep into James so far. It's such a powerful and appropriate text right now. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about rolling back out as we continue to think through those things. And we talked about that some uh, with the UVA guys a couple weeks uh, last, last week episode highly recommend you go back and listen to that one if you haven't already listened to that uh but we're still as a church wrestling through a lot of that we haven't gotten a lot of clarity yet from as as of the moment that we're recording this uh from our local government uh and so we don't we don't have a solidified plan yet we're trying to figure those things out this week it's one of our agenda items to do this week but you, you guys have gotten to get a little more clear on it and, and have really a, a well-stated plan. Hit us with some of the kind of the highlights of those that I understand everybody's going to have to contextualize to their moment. But I think there's some things in your plan that we could all maybe at least consider uh, as we're doing ours. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we looked at the uh, 
reopening America guide that was produced by the White House. We're just really kind of saying, okay, there's there's the federal level, the national level, and the local level. So, um, so when we we thought about that, we wanted to be consistent with what the CDC guidelines were in terms of because everybody seems to be basing, you know, states are basing their activities off of that. So we looked at, at that plan. We participated in our state conversations. Our our governor here in Missouri is a believer, and so. He's had about three or four phone calls with pastors, and you basically get on, and the governor talks and talks about what he's talking about. Because Missouri has a, a more rural feel, um, predominantly, the two metro areas, Kansas City and St. Louis, we're in St. Louis. The local uh, leaders, their guidelines take precedence over over the state's action, and so they're much more conservative. So, in light of all that, we said. Let's look at what our, our leaders are saying on the federal level, on the state level, on the local level. And we understand we have to go at the local level. So in light of that, what's our rollout look like? So we, we took basically a three-phase approach, and I think that's what the national level is you know, looking at. There have to be, I think there are three gateway criterias uh, for things to open up. It's like a, re- a reduction in new cases and deaths and um, I forget what the other one is, and and uh, then one has to deal with the hospitals. Are the hospitals where they at in terms of handling, you know, the volume of cases? So what we're hearing is the hospitals in our area are not overwhelmed, and because testing has been a little slow, it's speeding up. Um, the case, the case count, the new case count, and the death counts are kind of in, in a bit of flux. Um, but we're just waiting to hear. So, so what we said is we're going to put a three-phase plan together. Phase one is we're still going to have pause meetings. We're going to do everything online. Um, during phase one, we're going to prepare for a return. And so last Saturday, uh, I went up to the church, and based on the CDC guidelines, we have to figure out how do we seat people in our auditorium six feet apart? How do we handle traffic flows? What are we going to do about restrooms? We're not going to do kids ministry uh, in phase two. And we're going to recommend that any high-risk population folks don't come. And, and, um, and so then that's going to be a season where we'll be regathered, but we'll be in phase two. One of the things we, we're looking at is, is what, where are the other additional spaces where people can watch the service uh, on video? And so we're exploring that right now, which has me doing weird things like, walking through the church building, testing the download and upload speed of internet in our network, you know, yeah. and, uh, and thinking through, look, we've got a fellowship hall that's underneath our, our uh, sanctuary and we probably should stick a big TV there. Cause we could, you know, we could uh, really enlarge our uh, attendance capacity because we could spread people out and they could, you know, watch there. So that's kind of what we're thinking about in phase two. It's like you have like a first floor campus, you have a second floor campus. Yeah. Yes. I mean, you guys are going multi-site. Yeah, I don't say that. The nine marks guys won't like us. <laughs> but um yeah, I mean we're just thinking thinking through those things, you know, and particularly we we also um we've got some uh kids classrooms that we could have families register for like immunocompromised families. Or if they just want to, what we're hearing is, man, they want to get out of the house. The kids are driving them insane. Right. And, and so can we provide them a safe uh, place to maybe get out of the house, come to a familiar setting, watch a service on video and wave to people in the parking lot. Right. And keep their distance. That might be something. Right. 
Yeah. That might actually be appealing to people. Yeah. Because I think what we're finding is what, you know, when you said you stood in the yard uh, of the 90 year old after singing happy birthday, it was just good to see people. Yeah. Even though you were apart uh, from them. And so I think we're going to have to think through that kind of stuff in phase two. So that's phase two. Phase three is a regathering to cranking back up our children's ministry. Um, still doing precautions for high risk groups, but, but it's not going to be like it, you know, we, we have a greeting time and I know a lot of people uh, really don't like the greeting time, but our people just loved it, but that's going to look different. Right. And how we do the Lord's supper and all those things. So that plans on our website and we'll put it in the show notes that people can, can look at it. But what we said about the plan is this is our best um, estimation of what it's going to look like for us when we regather here are the phases. We'll update you, but this plan is subject to change. We're so thankful. We had a couple of doctors in our, our church, uh, in our church body. And so when we wrote it up, we sent it to them and asked them to give their advice on it too. And everybody who had suggestions, we incorporated those in some way. And, yeah. and so it was super helpful. But I think we're looking at a slow, gradual return. And here, here's kind of the hard part for me. Um, I'm already hearing about folks that, you know, when, when, uh, when I, when, in my mind, I believed when we would say we're going to meet again, everybody would come back. You know, yeah. that just kind of, this is my mind. And as I'm talking to people, we've got some, some young families who uh, the, the wives are expecting babies. And so they're not going to come back. And then some of our, our uh, seasoned or senior adults, they're not coming back. And then some of our immunocompromised folks. And so we're really going to have uh, a much smaller crowd than I, I think I had envisioned when we would first start. I think it's just the reality. And so I've got to prepare my heart for that Yeah. and, yeah. and think through that. And everybody has asked that we've checked in with, they've asked us if we're still going to video and we say we are because yeah. that's been strong yeah. for us. Yeah. So those, those are some things we're thinking through. Um, you know, and it, it's all in that plan. If guys want to look at that and, and uh, we're going to update that plan. So it's a, it's a living document. It's not a, uh, you know, something that's set in stone and it's going to be updated and, and edited as necessary. Yeah. So we'll put that in the show notes. That's a great resource. I, I recommend you guys click on, check that out. There's some other really uh, great things out there. There's so many resources out there. I know it's resource fatigue. Even I feel like there's so many webinars, but uh, some things I think are worth highlighting. Um, there is a couple of other episodes we did, I think will help you think through building solid teams and thinking strategically on how to uh, spread the workload of moving the church forward. Two episodes in particular that we did, uh, one with Les McEwen, the author of Predictable Success, uh, very valuable episode that we did one with Micah Fries, uh, the author of Leveling the Church. As we talk about both of those, we talk about identifying uh, leaders and developing ministry teams and the importance of those things. I think that's going to be even more important as you come out on the other side of this. Um, and then the, the guys from UBA, Houston, Union Baptist Association of Houston, have done just a – man, they got, they're just churning out great information. You ought to check out their website – we did a really great, honestly, it's the most listened to episode we've done since COVID started, uh, was the one with the guys from UBA Houston. And then while this may not be one that you listen to, if you want to, if you have friends in ministry, uh, that are Spanish speaking, 
and work in a Spanish-speaking context. We, did, we had a good episode with Jaime Lopez and David Caroa as they share some of the things they've been thinking through in all of this. Um, and so take a moment, look back at those resources, check out uh, the things that Bob has put in the show notes for his church and how they're rolling things out. And then one other resource I wanted everybody to know about is the day after, the day before this goes live on Wednesday, there will be the first of many of a bivocational pastors cohort yeah. um, that I'm excited about being a part of with Mark Clifton. And so if, if you didn't check it out yesterday, go ahead and register, jump in on the rest of them. If you are a bivocational guy or co-vocational uh, it's, it's, it's not just for replanters. It, it's going to just be an encouraging equipping time uh, to hear from bivocational guys and encourage bivocational guys. But I think mentally, physically, uh, don't ignore what's going on. Don't pretend like this is not impacting you, uh, but take some steps and in, in to keep yourself healthy mentally, spiritually, physically, your family, relationally, um, as you think through those things. Bob, you have anything else before we sign off on this episode? And I, I think the only thing I would say is if um, the only one thing that I would add would be if, if you need some help uh, and you feel like you're just struggling and you're not sure what to do or you're concerned about just your own mental state, reach out to uh, your associational leader, um, your state convention leader. Uh, they have resources and counselors that are available. Heck, even you can email Jimbo and me at the show um, and we'll try to connect you with resources but uh, there are guys that are really taken in heart and are discouraged and and they're feeling the more intense pressure because the maybe they're they're starting to experience conflict in their congregation and financial challenges and family stress and they just you know getting from all sides so if you're if you're in that spot just reach out for help please don't don't um, endure it alone don't walk alone in the day in these days and, uh, and get the help that you need. Cause there's a lot of help out there and, and we love you guys as pastors and replanters and, and we just want to be of help to you. All right, guys, have a great day. Let us know what you're doing to roll out. Let us know what you're doing to process and move forward so we can learn from you as well. Hey, if you've got questions you'd like to discuss on the podcast, let us know. We'd love to have you on as a guest and talk through those questions and ideas as well. Uh, stay safe, stay sanitized, and lock your hand sanitizer up. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of the Replant Bootcamp Podcast, a resource for replanters by replanters. If you enjoyed this episode or found it to be helpful for you and your ministry, please help us get the word out by subscribing, sharing, and leaving us a review on your favorite podcast listening platform. This podcast is sponsored by 180 Digital. 180 Digital is a team of design, development, and marketing experts that love working with churches, big and small. Check out 180.church, O-N-E-E-I-G-H-T-Y.church to learn more about how 180 can help your church move forward.